Brandy is a passionate yet no-nonsense woman who is going to tell you exactly how she feels and when she feels it. Fabulous human being overall. And that's who Brandy is. Brandy is someone who is there willing to help you and guide you through whatever it is you might need. It helps you to reconsider your preconceived ideas or reconsider new ways to approach a topic. You don't need people in life to agree with you on anything or everything. What you really need is someone to keep it real, and she does that exactly. When she don't even know, I feel like when I make my first million, I owe her a lot, a lot of money. This season of Brandy Was Here, the podcast is sponsored in part by Blood of a King Clothing, a clothing line focused on bringing out the best within you. Blood of a King Clothing is a motivational clothing line that is helping you find the greatness within. You can shop Blood of a King Clothing at bloodofakingclothing.myshopify.com. TBM Skincare provides the tools that help women love what they see when they look in the mirror. With the full line of plant-based products, we invite women to reclaim their time by adopting a self-care routine that invites luxury into their homes. The company began making small batches of natural skincare in 2015 after founder Brandy Vernado crafted the recipe to cure her adult acne. In doing so, she also found the confidence to pursue her dreams of being a full-time entrepreneur. Since its inception, TBM Skin has made luxury skincare accessible to everyday people and is committed to helping communities rebuild their sense of pride and their unique identity. You can shop TBM Skincare at www.tbmskin.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Brandy Was Here, the podcast. I am super excited today because, as you all know, I am kind of a nerd, and I nerd out on all things spiritual, which is what this entire season has been about. And today, my guest is going to talk to us about something that I'm pretty sure most of us um, didn't really know was a thing, right? Maybe you've heard of mediums, you've heard of psychics, but this particular area of that work is really interesting and we're going to talk all about it get to know our guest um so i'm going to have our guest go ahead and introduce yourself let people know who you are and what is it that you do thank you so much for having me my name is elaine and i am a womb healer and holistic kinesiologist and what i do is i help women that are struggling to conceive women that have had trouble with infertility or recurrent pregnancy loss. Um, I help them heal from the trauma and really get to the root cause of why they haven't been able to conceive so that they can finally get pregnant and hold their babies in their arms. Mm, I love that. This is going to be such a happy episode. I love it because I love babies. Um, So I'm excited to chat. Now, before we get into the actual interview, here's the part that I did not prepare you for, and that is a round of quick fire questions that are just meant to uh, help you relax and or, I don't know, they could be anxiety provoking as well if you like to be prepared. Uh, but just a few questions just to help the audience get to know you better um, before we get started. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Yes, well, don't think too deeply about these, okay? Just kind of whatever comes to mind. The first question is, what is the best thing going on in your life right now? The best thing going on in my life is that I live on Maui, Hawaii, and Mm. I am just in awe every single day that I get to live here. I've been here five years, and it still feels unreal that I'm actually living here. Okay, a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of jealousy. Uh, What is your go-to mantra or affirmation? Um, My go-to mantra is, I am here, which might sound a little bit weird. But when I say that, it helps me come into the present moment. um, And I feel like that helps me just center myself. So when I say, I am here, I am here, I am here kind of just pulls all my energy back into where I am right now. Hmm. Yeah. Going to try that. What is your definition of faith? Yeah. My definition of faith. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. I would say believing and trusting in the 
unknown and not worrying about the how, but just knowing, just knowing that everything is working out for your greatest good. Mm-hmm. What's the thing you lean on when life gets hard? Well, I lean on my husband tremendously. He is my rock. And um, I feel like, yeah, I just can't even imagine my life without him. Mm. What is the biggest misconception about spirituality? Oh, the biggest misconception about spirituality. Oh, I know. Um, I'm going to say that I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions about spirituality is that there are people that believe that it's all fluffy and beautiful and positive and um, when in fact you have to be aware of uh, like deceptive and imposter spirits Mm. just like we have to be aware in real world we have to be aware of people that have ill intentions you Mm. have to have that same discernment when you're in working in spirit and in the spiritual realm Um, and it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Mm, Very, very true. Name a book that has helped you on your journey. Um, One of the books that has helped me on my journey is a book called Spirit Babies. And that was um, a book I read years ago um, before I, um, well, shortly after I had my spiritual awakening when things started happening for me, but I feel like that really helped me um, understand more about, um, like, about the spirit baby world and the spirit baby collective. I'm excited to learn more about that. Uh, what single thing would you like to make absolutely certain you do in this lifetime? Say that again. What is one thing you want to make absolutely certain you do in this lifetime? Oh, one thing. Hmm, I feel like I just want to share hope. Hmm. I feel like there are so many people that are struggling and suffering. And I just want to share messages of hope that there are options. I feel like we get caught up thinking that this is it. This is all we have, or this is all that there is. And I feel like once we can really step into our own greatness and understand the potential that we can change our lives. So that's what I would like to do. It's beautiful. Hope. I love that. Um, Thank you. That that's all the questions. You did very well. Was not able to to Great. trick you or 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 get caught, catch you off guard at all. So good job. Um, <laughs> let let's talk about you. So you currently live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Where are you from? I am originally from New Mexico. So <laughs> I went from the desert to a tropical island. <laughs> And tell us a little bit about what led you there. Uh, Because I made a big move, too. I grew up in California, and I moved from California, uh, Bay Area, to Chicago a couple years ago. Um, And so still transitioning from there. So I am a fan of making a big move and making a big leap, which is what I often encourage people to do through this podcast. So tell us how you ended up there and what made you want to do that. Sure. So I came to visit in 2017. I came for a retreat, actually. Hmm. And when we came, um, I just fell in love. I was so Hmm. happy. Now it is one of the most beautiful places on earth. (laughs) And um, Hmm. when we left, when we left our vacation and went back to New Mexico, I was sad. I was literally Mm. grieving. I couldn't understand it. I was like, what is happening? I felt so sad and so depressed. And I was like, what is going on? And I had talked with one of my friends. And um, my friend was like, I think you're grieving the land. Mm. Because when I was here, I felt so connected. Like, I felt like I knew things like I, I kind of like, 
I had a remembering. That's what I'm going to say. I had a remembering that I'd been here before. And like, I just kind of knew different places to go, which was kind of mm. unusual. Um, so like I said, I went back to New Mexico. I was sad. And I was just, my friend was like, you're grieving the land. So it sparked something coming here on vacation, really like reconnecting mm. me to this land and to the, this memory, this like soul memory of being here before. And um, the cost of living is very different from New Mexico to mm. Maui. And so the thought of moving here at that time was just like, no, that's like not going to happen. So mm. I kind of just like put it away. Um, and then December that year, uh, my birthday is in December. So on my birthday, I woke up with literally just hearing the words, it's time to move. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Where do I move to? Like, there was no other clarity, right, from this, what I felt was a spiritual message. So I start looking around, I told my husband about it, start looking around um, from the city we were living at. I was like, well, maybe we just need to move to a different place. So I start looking around, nothing felt right. So then um, I told my husband, well, maybe this summer we can travel along the coast, like maybe Northern California or um, Oregon or Washington. We'll just take a road trip and we'll see if there's somewhere mm -hmm. there that suits us. So I had been doing research, right? And as I was researching, Maui just kept coming up and coming up. So then I looked at the difference in the cost of living from, you know, um, like Northern California, Seattle, comparing mm. it to Maui, not much difference. So I, I told my husband, maybe we should just move to Maui. If we're going to move, mm. we might as well just move where we want to move. And he, surprisingly, mm. he said, okay. Um, so in February, we made the decision. We were like, okay, we're going to move. We're going to move to Hawaii like later this year. So we didn't have a time frame. So I told um, one of my friends that I had come to the retreat with, I told her she was also from the same city I was living mm. in. So I told her, I said, we decided we're going to move. And she was like, no way. I'm so jealous. And mm -hmm. um, all of that stuff. Right. And then um, not even. So then I start looking for housing and housing is one of the biggest challenges on any of the Hawaiian islands. Well, Big Island might be different, but mm. on Maui, housing is a big challenge. So not even a month after I told my friend, it was like around four weeks, um, she calls me and she's like, you're not going to believe this, Elaine. I have a friend that just bought a house on Maui and she wants to rent it for three years. Do you want me to connect you with her? And I was like, Oh my mm. gosh, yes. So I met my landlord in the same city that I live in, wow. that I lived in at the time. Um, and I met her, we got the, our contract together, and then I, we had housing in March, right? So, and then once we got that nailed down, then we just started selling everything. We sold everything. We sold mm. our houses, we sold all of our belongings. And we were here in July. So this month is mm. now five years that we've been living here. So we came here with literally two suitcases each. And mm. that was it and sold everything. And it was such a freeing experience. Like it's really hard to put into words, which I'm sure you know what that's mm -hmm. like. But it just felt like everything just really lined up and it was really meant to be. And so we took that leap. And some people don't understand um, what that's like, but I, I just always say, you know, you never know unless you try, like what was mm -hmm. the worst thing that could happen? We move here and it doesn't work out. Well, we could always move back. Right. You mm -hmm. know, so we took a big leap of faith and came here and we have been really happy ever since. Leaps of faith. I love that. I'm so glad I asked you that question um, because a couple of things. So one, I, try to tell people that you know metaphorically literally where you currently are is not necessarily where you're meant to be or end up and i think a lot of people get stuck in the 
well, I was born here, I've lived here this many times or this long, or, you know, even in their career, well, I've always had this job or I've always worked for this company. But when you take that leap of faith to go out and explore, which is why travel is so important, going to retreats is so important, conferences, and you get exposed to something different, you'll know when it's time to move on and when it's time to go. I'm not saying you're going to go on vacation and you know everywhere you go, you want to move there. It might not be for you. It might just be for a visit, but it might be the place for you. When you move and you get there and you say, oh, I've always wanted to feel like this or well, I've, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been looking to connect with people who were like this and here they are, or I've always wanted to have these things. And then you go somewhere and there it is, right? Open yourself up to the possibilities by getting out and traveling. Don't be afraid to step out on faith and see what happens. Exactly. Like moving was the furthest thing from my mind. Like I never even thought like uh, until I came here, you know, that I just never really thought about it. And one other thing I want to add is that my husband didn't even have a job when we came. We came and he had no job lined up. We, I mean, talk about blind faith. Like literally, yes. like I said, we sold everything, came here. We knew we had a place to live for three years and we knew we would have to figure something else out after that. Um, and we did. And as soon as my husband was ready to look for a job, he had a job within a week. So I just feel wow. like sometimes you have to take those leaps of faith, you know? You do. You do. So you were living in New Mexico. What were you doing for work at that time? I was doing similar work. So I actually mm -hmm. had a brick and mortar office and, mm -hmm. um, I was seeing clients in person in my office and, um, I had a, and then I was doing a little bit of online, um, clients, but not really. I had mostly, uh, mm -hmm. in-person practice and that was, that was really nice. And so when we moved here, I just switched my practice to be full-time online mm. and, um, I've just been doing that ever since. Mm, I love that. Now, how did you get into this work? Because, you know, I think a lot of people growing up, you know, as we're all trying to figure out what our career path would be and what we want to do, a lot of people like helping people. Um, not everyone likes working with children. Not everyone likes working with um, people who are expecting children because it can be a challenge. So what made you want to work with this population of people? And when did you sort of realize this was, this was it, this was the gift? Yeah. So, um, it's actually really interesting. So I have a degree in information technology and I hmm. used to be a webmaster and project manager, um, before I started doing this work and in 2010, I had a miscarriage and I didn't mm. tell anybody I was pregnant. So when I had mm. my loss, I didn't tell anybody that I had the loss. And so I just stuffed it inside and um, mm. didn't really think about it. Cause I mean, as a society, we just don't really talk about miscarriage very much mm -hmm. at all. And it just, just kind of put it aside. Well, then I subsequently, I was able to get pregnant and my daughter had eczema. And so I was trying to find solutions for her eczema. And so she, I, I went to one of my friends that was a kinesiologist. And so my friend was able to help me find all the right remedies to help her. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, like I have to learn how to do this. Um, and so I went to kinesiology school. And so in kinesiology school, we learned about the emotional root causes of physical ailments. And when mm. we were learning about that, that was when, because we work on each other, right? And so that was when like everything that I had stuffed away related to my loss um, came up to the surface and came out. And as it like released, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to help other women that experience pregnancy loss. 
So a couple things happened. So I finished kinesiology school. That's what I started focusing on was helping women heal, heal, like deal with their grief and release the grief and trauma related to pregnancy loss. And that sparked my own self-healing journey because I, I was like, well, what else is in there? Like if all of this stuff came out related to this one event, uh, what else is in there? What else am I storing? Right. So it opened up this whole new world for me. So I went to go see a hypnotherapist and Mm. the lady said, before we get started, I'm going to hand you a rattle and we're going to open up the four directions um, before we get started and open sacred space. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what that means, but okay. (laughs) So (laughs) she said, she said, she hands the rattle to me, right? So she put the rattle in my hand. I kid you not, in that moment that the rattle hit my hand, it was like this instant, instant awakening, this instant remembering, like in my mind, I had all of these images just pop in of myself as as a healer, as a shaman, as a priestess, like all of these different lifetimes. And I knew, knew it was me and tears Mm. just start coming down my face. And I I look at this woman that I just met and Mm. I'm pointing to the rattle. And I said, this is me. And she said, yes. So I didn't know at the time that the hypnotherapist was also a shamanic practitioner. And Mm. so, um, I did the hypnotherapy and then she referred me to her shamanic mentor. So I began studying um, traditional proven shamanism with her mentor um, and then went on to continue those studies. So I feel like my loss is what prompted this whole journey of self-healing that led me to, um, to do this work. And, um, And so as I'm working with clients, the other thing that happened is that um, I started to see spirit babies. I saw um, silhouettes on the wall. I would see, Mm. um, I would just see and hear messages from not only the babies that were miscarried, but also the babies that were wanting to come. And so mm. from there, that's just kind of how all of that started. Wow. There's, there's a lot I want to talk about in that. Um, one, like, I want to touch on what you said about, like, not telling anyone about your loss. I think that a lot of times as women, we feel like people won't make space for us, or we don't want to take up too much space. So when we're dealing with something emotionally, there's also this fear of being called too emotional, right? That you might share something that's going on with you and people will say, oh, get over it. Or, oh, it's been a week now. You're still, you know, you're still crying about that. Get over it, right? You should be stronger. You know, these things happen, right? People don't always, um, when things are happening to us personally, we don't always feel like we have a community uh, village of people who can understand what we're going through. So we just kind of tuck it all inside and keep it to ourselves. The other thing that you said, though, is that when we don't deal with our emotions, they don't just go away. They actually appear physically, right? So people will sometimes have these unexplained headaches or you get a rash out of nowhere, or now you just can't sleep at night, or, you know, all of these different things that manifest physically, and we don't connect them to our our suppressed emotions that, you know, we, we've pressed down and haven't dealt with. And so now we have all these physical symptoms, and we're trying to, you know, heal them topically and do all these things. But it really comes down to us getting on that self-healing journey and figuring out what are the things that we haven't addressed so that they, they too can leave us? What has been your experience in working with clients with that? Is this an easy thing to do? Do people immediately kind of make the connection of, you know, this physical thing is happening and now 
oh yeah, that, that connects to this loss that I had or this other thing that I had, or what is that journey like for them? Yeah. No, I don't think people generally make that association at all, but what I have found in my practice and the years of doing this practice, um, and I've been doing this since 2014, um, what I have found is that particularly, I'm going to say particularly unexplained infertility, I feel like there's, there's always an explanation, and that is at the emotional or spiritual root cause. And so, mm. so many people are struggling not making that connection. But as we work together, um, you know, like things are just revealed to me uh, and we address those. Um, I, I feel like I'm very much like a medical medium um, mm. and I can see the body, I can see the energy, the blockages, and then I just kind of fine tune and focus into that area. And then I get um, images about what it could be. Maybe they experienced um, trauma as a child. Um, a lot of my clients have experienced some sexual abuse and mm. maybe they, you know, and a lot of times they don't tell me, my clients won't tell me, but it always shows up. So mm. as we work through releasing whatever that trauma, prior trauma was, and sometimes it's not even from this lifetime, honestly, it hmm. can be from other lifetimes that um, there's some sort of energetic memory in the field. Um, as we release that, then they get pregnant easily. And mm. um, yeah, and so I just say that, you know, Western medicine knows what they know. And I kind of I know what I know. And I have seen so many miracles in my life. And mm. Um, that's why I love doing this work. I love being a mom and I love helping other women become mothers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something else that you talked about before you went on to actually, you know, conceive and give birth to a baby after your loss. Did you seek any kind of assistance? in your healing journey? Did you go to counseling? Did you eventually talk to someone prior to welcoming your daughter into the world? Or were you still kind of suppressing and just kind of pushing through? Well, I was, um, I was just pushing through and suppressing um, because I didn't start my self-healing journey until like later mm -hmm. on in like 2013. Uh, my daughter was born uh, in 2011. So mm. a couple of years of still just like not really knowing or understanding it. Like I said, it wasn't until I, I first went through kinesiology school and then that opened the floodgates. And I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this modality. I'm going to try this. I wanted to try anything and everything that was there. And, um, and now, all these years later, I still continue to seek assistance because I always want to grow. I always want to heal. Mm. I, I have my own healer that I work with and my own mentor that I work with. So I can continually learn and heal and grow so that I can be the best that I can for my clients and for my family. Mm. Yeah. Taking into consideration all of the knowledge and skills that you have now, is there something that you wish you had known, um, a tool or resource, a practice that you wish you had um, prior to having your daughter? Yeah, I wish I would have been able to really, um, really connect with her before conception. Like getting to know her, getting to understand her personality and what she's like and what I could do to help nurture her even before mm. conception. Um, I think that 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 would have been amazing. Mm. And what types of things would you spirit wise would you have done to nurture her? Because I feel like, you know, um, Pregnant moms do a lot of, I mean, you, you can't avoid the connectedness between you and your child when you're pregnant, right? It's a very physical thing. Right. Um, but, you know, 
we don't always, especially with a first child, you don't always kind of know what to expect. It's kind of um, a surprise (laughs) of what, you know, how the baby is going to come out. You might know the gender, but you don't really know much about their personality. So it's like you're preparing for the unknown in a way. So spiritually, as, you know, an expectant mother, what could one be doing to kind of usher that child into the world? Yeah, so I agree. Like, there's always a connection between mom and baby, a really strong connection. Um, What I feel like one of the things And this is what one of the things that I teach my clients is connecting spiritually, like connecting telepathically to your to the soul of your baby, to your spirit baby. And as you do that, not only do you learn about like their personality, but you learn how to communicate. So then like you understand how to like receive the messages, like it's kind of Mm. like you're sending your like a message, like a message bubble to your baby. And then you get like the message bubble back from your baby. Mm. That's kind of one way to kind of explain how that um, telepathic connection works. And um, it is, it starts from connect intention, just having the the intention to connect with that soul, with that baby. And Mm. um and spending the time really nurturing that connection. So as my clients um, do that, and as I teach them how to feel the presence of that, that um, energy and that soul, they learn, like, especially prior to conception, they learn when that soul is here, when that baby is near, and they learn how to really feel that and to trust and know that that's happening. And so when my clients are pregnant, it's easier for them to continue to build that connection and strengthen that relationship so that when they're born, so many of my clients, you know, the first year of having a baby can be really challenging because babies cry and you don't know exactly what it is. Mm. Are they hungry? Are they wet? Are they tired? What is it? Um, But when you're able to connect to your baby telepathically because you've been doing that for the past nine months. Um, it makes it so much easier. You can still make, it makes that first year just like a game changer because you Mm. connect to that baby. You understand what the needs are of that baby. So then you just give the baby what he or she needs and your life is so much easier as a mom because you're trusting into that connection and that knowingness and also trusting your own mother's intuition, which is really important because I feel like um, it happens so often that we are gaslit by um, Mm. others and the medical community and nobody knows our body better than us. And so Mm -hmm. when we're trusting into ourselves, into our, our own connection to our ourselves and our bodies and our babies, if there is something that feels off, you trust that and you can use that intuition to advocate for yourself to help yourself to share what might be going on with you does that make Mm. sense yeah that makes a lot of sense um this whole process being a miracle like giving birth we always talk about that as this miracle at what point does this miracle begin like when can i start connecting with my my baby, my spirit, if I'm on this journey? Does it start, you know, at conception? Does it start before then? Like, and who's really driving that interaction? Like, do I, do I, am I forcing a connection with my spirit baby or does my spirit baby actually want to connect with me and they're searching for me? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like your spirit baby is wanting a connection with you. Mm -hmm. I feel like as long as you have like the desire and the intention to be a mom, like there is most likely a spirit baby in your field already. So, so often when I connect and meet women um, and have sessions with them, especially in the first time, like I can get a really good sense if there is a spirit baby really close. And sometimes the spirit baby might be far off. 
sometimes I've seen images where there's a spirit baby kind of like sitting on a fence, right? And it's like waiting for the mom to make the decision if they want to have the baby or not. Like, mm. so it's a lot about our, our intention and our desire. And as that um, desire gets stronger, that soul can come closer in the field. Now, I'll tell you, if a woman comes to me and says, how many kids am I going to have? I don't answer those type of mm. psychic questions um, because I feel like it's so much more about what do you want? How many children do you want? And mm. let's work with that from an intention space mm. and create that and bring that into your lifetime now as opposed to just being like, oh, well, how many am I going to have? Well, how many do you really desire? Mm. And let's work from that space. Mm. I like that. I think those are questions that people have. Like people like the, people are always curious about the psychic aspect because they feel like knowing what's coming prepares them for what's coming, but that's not always true, right? Because if you tell someone, okay, you're going to have six children, right? Now they panic and they do nothing to prepare or they say, oh gosh, no, I don't want six. And they're not following, you know, their heart or their intuition because of, you know, what this person has now told me. Um, so sometimes knowing too much can, can interfere with your path and with your purpose too. At least that's what I believe. Um, Cause we're not always ready to too. know. Yeah. We're not always ready to know what's next. We gotta, we gotta get there first. Right. Right. And sometimes we don't know the answer, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. we just aren't meant to know everything. Mm. My next question is, and maybe there's no answer for this, but what about women who are unable to conceive children? Do they still have spirit babies in their presence? That's a great question. And I'm going to say yes, because if mm. the desire is there, then there is a soul there. And I have had clients that weren't able to um, conceive, but on their own, but I have a couple, a few clients actually that have used donor eggs. So it mm. wasn't necessarily their own egg, but a donor egg. And they were able to go on and have a successful um, conception. I've had one client that went on, we connected to a spirit baby. Um, she wasn't able to have a baby naturally, but she went on to adopt. I have another mm. client that went on to like, foster a baby and then adopt that baby. So yes, I feel like even if it's not a biological child, it's still a spirit baby. And that soul, mm. there's a soul to soul connection, regardless if it is or isn't your biological child. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I think too, um, well, something that that makes me think about as well, um, something that you mentioned earlier was about womb healing, right? And I think a lot of, um, a lot of people, you know, like maybe when, I don't know if when you were in school, they, you know, you get to like seventh grade and they're like, we're going to do the, you know, sexual education portion and you learn the anatomy. Um, and then, you know, you move on to the next grade and they never talk about it again until maybe you're in high school and it's all, you know, don't do drugs, don't get pregnant, you know, graduate on time <laughs> sort of rhetoric. Um, and I feel like a lot of women, you know, who are my age in their thirties, younger and older are really now just starting to learn about their bodies and taking a deeper interest in their wombs. Um. As it relates to spirit and as it relates to conception, are there things that we can be doing as women that make, I don't know how I want to say this, like make our womb a better welcoming place for um, a baby to enter? Are there things that might sort of block or take away from us um, preparing to conceive? And if so, what are those things? Yeah, well... Um... First of all, I feel like connecting to your own womb is very powerful. Understanding the different phases of your cycle is really powerful because mm. different, 
depending on what phase you're in is going to depend on how creative you feel or how much rest you might need. And so honoring all of those different phases and then just kind of keeping track of, okay, this is how I feel, you know, around ovulation. Um, Mm. And then just honoring yourself and making the space to plan accordingly will make a big change in your Mm. life. The second thing I suggest is simply just connecting. All you have to do is place your hands over your womb space and just connect. You just simply have to say, I connect to my womb right now. Mm. And then you just sit there and you can offer love to your womb and feel the love coming out of the palms of your hands onto your womb space. And then you just kind of sit there and be present. And then you can start to feel tingles under your hand. And that's the response. That's your womb space responding to you. And you just continue Mm. to do that. And I always recommend do do it every night, right before you go to bed. Just lay there, be intentional, connect. Our womb is our space of creation and creativity. And the more we can connect to that, the Mm. more powerful we can feel, the more empowered we can feel. Because again, that's our center of creation. Whether you're creating Mm. a book, a baby, a business, whatever you're creating, that's where that energy comes from. So again, connecting is really, really important. And it can be as simple as that. Just placing your hands over your womb space, say connect and just feel, just be present. And then you can Mm. begin expanding on that. The more you do that, the more you feel connected, then you start sharing your, your desire of what you want to create. And then just be mm. open to, to see and feel responses from that energy center. Mm. That's really good. I don't know how many people do that, but I think it, it's definitely important to really connect to your body because some people will say, you know, when you talk about, you know, people like we know our bodies better than anyone else. Some people say, well, really, I don't, I don't know. Right. I don't get it. Or I don't feel anything, right? Because we're not being intentional about that connection and taking that time, right? We have to be intentional and we have to give ourselves space to wait and to listen, right? You can't just, you know, say, oh, what's going on in my body today, right? I think that's why meditation is important or anything that you can do where you're doing um, concentrated movement, whether that is yoga, you know, Tai Chi, or just going for a walk. It's important to see like how your body um, how your body moves, how your body reacts to certain things that you do, um, and just be really in tune with what's going on with your body. That's important for overall health, but for women who um, are are interested in their womb health and interested in having babies, I think it's even more important. I agree completely. We are so disconnected from our own bodies. And so the more we can take the time to have that intentional self-care and that intentional connection can really make a difference in like all areas of your life. And I feel like we get disconnected from our bodies because of all of our experiences in life, particularly traumatic experiences make us disconnected. So the more we bring ourselves back into being intentional and connecting we can make really big changes in our lives just from that. Mm, yeah. Um, I want to talk about, go back to what we started talking about, which is loss. And I want to also talk about loss in terms of faith. Um, you work with a lot of women who have lost, who have miscarried, um, who have lost babies. What does it take for a woman to trust herself and trust her body again um, when she has lost a baby? What is that process like to feel like, you know, you you can do this thing again and have it be successful? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it is really difficult and really challenging. I work with a lot of moms that have had full-term losses that their babies are stillborn at 40 weeks like perfect pregnancies and they go to deliver and their baby dies 
Like that is mm. one of the most heartbreaking and traumatic experiences that any woman can experience. And so there's no doubt that it is a difficult journey. And um, so it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of um, like simple exercises, kind of like what I was saying about connecting to your body, beginning to trust your body again. There's so much healing that takes place mm. to help a woman feel that they're like um, ready to mm. try again. And even with that, then there's a lot of um, memory uh, and fear about, mm. well, what if it happens again? So not only is the, that a physical, physical healing that has to happen, but there's also mental and emotional healing that happens as well, that we work on releasing those, like the program that runs in their mind of fear, of anxiety, and um, helping them to just trust. Um, what I have found, the thing that helps the most is connecting to the soul of their unborn baby, the soul of their baby that is coming and mm. helping them build that connection. Because I feel like that is love. Feeling that unconditional love from the soul of their baby that is coming really helps like trump all those other feelings. You know, it really does help them change their focus into that love, that unconditional love. And love, I feel, heals everything. And mm. so as they're in that space and focusing on that love, then all of the fear, all of the grief, all of the overwhelm begins to just dissolve away. And they can stand just a little stronger in that knowing and feeling of love. Hmm. Yeah, I I love that answer. I think um, I think that's important. Um, there are a lot of emotions that come with um losing a child. Um, and it it does take a lot of time to work through that. Um, and I want to say to people who are listening, if you have lost a child, you know, um, healing is not a linear thing and it may take you longer than, you know, it took someone else, or you may not immediately feel, um, any real kind of emotion towards it. Right. I know a lot of women, um, miscarry kind of early on in their pregnancy and they feel they haven't made a connect a real connection to their baby and it doesn't seem as big of a deal to them as it does to other women who have carried the baby longer or even carried the baby to term and have lost a baby so everyone is different um and your needs might be different so how you work through it uh really depends on you um my next question is do you find or do you believe that there is a difference between someone who naturally loses a child and someone who chooses to terminate a pregnancy or a child? Do they still undergo the same kind of emotions and processing after that happens? Well, I feel like everyone is different. And so, mm. of course, everyone processes it differently. What I can tell you, um, my experience, what my experience has been is a couple of things. I've had um, numerous clients that have chosen to terminate and have not told me, but it always comes up because mm. there is energy trapped in the womb space ready to come mm. out for healing, regardless if it was um, chosen or natural. The second mm. thing that I have found is that those spirit babies still come through with enormous amounts of love. I feel mm. like um, that in itself is healing because I feel like in my experience, this is what I have seen. And I'm not going to try to push this on anybody, mm. <laughs> this belief. This is my experience is that babies that spirit babies that come forward after a termination still come with so much unconditional love for their mothers. And I feel like they chose to be part of that experience at some level, somewhere there, 
that was, they, they kind of agreed to that. And so I find that there is just as much healing when that soul comes forward um, Mm. from a, a termination versus a natural loss. So I feel like there is, again, just so much unconditional love that those souls bring forward to help their moms mm. heal. Um, I feel like the women that I have worked with uh, this far that have chosen a termination still at some level level experience some guilt. And so when that mm. soul comes forward, it really helps them to heal and release anything that any of those stored and stuffed emotions that they don't even realize that they're they're holding. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think guilt is, can be a big part of it. Um, and I think too, like women may feel so guilty that they don't try again or feel like they're not worthy of of doing so. Um, but yeah, like you said, every everyone is different. Um, do you think that there is, and I know, again, this is different for every person, but are there messages that our spirit babies long to communicate to us ahead of time? Like, are there things that, you know, messages of healing or of help that before they get to this earth, they try to communicate um, to us? And also, are there messages that we can communicate to our spirit babies that sort of makes the transitions easier? Yeah. So, yes, there, well, okay, so spirit baby messages, I feel like they almost always have a message and something to say. If I don't get specific messages, like I've gotten so specific messages about like months of conception, day of conception. Mm. Um, I've gotten messages of um, once a spirit baby told me I'm not coming until they clean their house, the clean up the house. <laughs> well, it turned out that that mom was kind of a hoarder, right? So I oh, wow. about it. And that was kind of pretty awkward. And then she admitted that she was a little bit of a hoarder. And, and so I'm like, well, Baby saying that they don't have space. There's no space wow. for this baby to come. And so then she was like, oh, okay. Um, I had another baby come in that said, like, well, there's starting plans to remodel. And that's going to take, like, a year and a half, right? And that's something my client didn't tell me. And so I'm like, are you guys remodeling? Mm. Oh, yeah, we just got our plans approved, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, well, the baby's not going to come until after the remodeling is done. Um, I have other babies that come forward that are like, I'm not going to say a word, but just want to bring their energy forward. Mm. Um, So it just depends on the soul. Um, Yeah, so so many different experiences. You know, it's um, I never really know what is going to happen. For us, what can we say? What messages can we offer? So I feel like when we spend time being intentional, and this could happen when we're connecting to our womb space, you can, that's a great time to start offering messages to your spirit baby and just say whatever is on your heart. Your message Mm -hmm. can just be as simple as I love you and I am ready for you. Or I love you. I love you. That's all it has to be. It could be as simple Mm. as that. Or you could, the more you do that, the stronger your connection is. And then you can start asking more specific questions like, what's your personality like? Are are you going to be athletic? Do you, what kind of music do you like? Do you like to read? You could get more specific info, the stronger that the connection gets. Hmm. That sounds very specific. I had no idea that babies were like that into the babies telling you oh, yeah. <laughs> clean your house. <laughs> Get it together, mom. <laughs> I, know. I know. I love right? that. I it love was that. Awkward having to, it was pretty awkward having to ask. <laughs> well, I think too, you know, uh, I don't think we are 
like we're aware of things, but we don't, I don't think we connect things as they're happening. Right. So people will say, you know, I want this thing. I want this. But the simple answer is like, people talk about manifestation all the time. Oh, I've been manifesting to have, you know, this lifestyle, this husband, this career, but then you're not doing any other things that make room for that or welcome that into your life. Right. You're saying, Oh, you know, I wish I, you know, could meet someone, but then you never go out. Or if someone introduces you to someone, you know, you have this kind of wall up, you're not welcoming the things that you say you want into your life. So you're saying, Hey, I really want this baby. And <laughs> you look around your house, like, okay, where is this baby going to go? Literally, where am I making room and making space for this baby in my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that the baby can come and feel like, okay, this, I have a place here. Not that, oh gosh, I'm going to come and no one's going to have time for me. And, you know, I'm going to be sleeping on the couch because I don't have a room. They haven't even, you know, prepared for me. Right. And I think all of us can, can uh, attest to being in a situation where you feel like you weren't welcomed or prepared for. That doesn't feel good. And so if, you know, if I have a choice in this situation, I'm definitely not going to go somewhere where I don't feel welcomed or don't feel, you know, included. I'm going to wait for the opportunity where, you know, people are prepared for me with open arms and it's a warm, loving environment as opposed to, well, I'm just kind of here. Right. And and that's it. I'm I'm amongst all of the other things that are in this house. Um and that that can go for a lot of things, but I think spiritually we really have to think about that. Like when we're thinking about what we want in our lives, how are we making room for those things? Exactly. And sometimes it's those small action steps that make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this conversation. Um, you have a gift for my audience, which is a meditation. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Uh, when they sign up, what are they going to get and how can this help them? Sure. Yeah. So what I'm offering is a free guided meditation to connect with your spirit baby. And so what they can expect is to, it's like, I think 20 minutes. So it's not a very long amount of time, but what they can expect is to have a beautiful connection with their spirit baby. And again, I recommend that they listen to it multiple times to continue to build that connection and strengthen that connection and then use that tool to continue to grow um, and, and share your desires, the desire of your heart to be a mom you share that with your spirit baby and mm. well, begin welcoming your spirit baby um, into your life. Mm. That sounds really good. So for those of you who are listening and you have thought about um, having a baby or you are even pregnant right now, uh, it would be a great meditation for you to have. It would be a great gift to someone who you know um, is is experiencing that or preparing to experience that. So make sure you grab, I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. So just be easy for you to click and go. Um, where else can people find you online if they wanted to reach out yeah, and work so with I'm you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I am primarily on Instagram right now, and you can find me just by searching Elaine Lopez Bogard. You'll find me right there. Um, I am on Facebook, but not nearly as often. And I just started on TikTok. Um, so I just have just a few videos there. Um, so Instagram is the main primary place. Um, the other place would be my website, which is healingthewomb.com. Yeah, I love that. Um, my last and final question is, is there anything that I did not ask you that you would like to share? Um, well, the one thing that I want, the like this is always my message and kind of like we touched on earlier is about hope. So for any woman mm -hmm. that has been struggling with years of infertility or recurrent pregnancy loss or even even experienced a traumatic birth and is looking for options. I want to say that there 
there is hope and you can find a space of healing and a space of peace on your journey and just open your heart to what mm. what spirit has to offer you. Mm. That's a good message. That's a good closing. I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I think you have provided a lot of insight for our listeners. This was really interesting. Thank you for entertaining all of my questions. Um, because this is something I was very curious about. Um, so I'm going to put, as I said, all your information in the show notes. Uh, make sure that you follow her. Grab the guided meditation. Um, and you know, make sure that you're giving us feedback. You know, follow us. Let us know what stood out to you about this episode. If you like the episode, you can always leave a review um, and a rating. I definitely appreciate that. Um, but I hope that you know you you share this episode with someone that you love, that you go back and listen to it, um, and that you continue to listen to the podcast. So thank you, guys. Thank you.